Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantav table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Hello and welcome. I am so excited to have the opportunity to share with you words about the Agadah Shal Pesach. We've been focusing this year on the Ramban, and some of the Debrei Torah are going to be based on the words of the Ramban, as so many of the Yisotas of Chumash are and so many of the Yisotos of Yiddishkeit are. Um, and many of the words will come from other sources. And I hope that you will enjoy much of the, every year I try to find a different Haggadah that is interesting to me. So, that, um, you know, just taking the inspiration from different people. So this year, I really enjoyed Ori Sacher Friend on the Haggadah, uh, which is a new safer that came out 2018 by Art Scroll. And uh, I think it's a great safer. And a lot of this stuff is going to be uh, based on either a starting point question of his, or sometimes an answer or ha'ara. Um, so if you see similarity, a lot of it is from him, but I will try to speak out, you know, what's mine and what I'm changing or what I'm adding to. Um, that being said, we'll start off with the Ramban itself and, um, famous Ramban that we have Shabbos Zecher, Lamaisa Bracious, it commemorates the fact that Hashem created the world. And it's also Zecher for Yitzhak Mitzrayim, that Hashem took us out of Egypt. So why do you need both, uh, testaments that God is in charge? I already know that from Bracious. I already know that from Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So the Ramban says in Parsha's Bo and many other places as well, that the principle is very simple, that Hashem created the world. Okay, we have to believe that Hashem created the world. That's what Bereshis teaches us. But who says that Hashem still maintains and watches over the world and decides everything that's going on and has a judgment and a reward system for us? Yitzhak and Shrayim teaches us that Hashem says, I am watching what is going on on earth and I am orchestrating the events of what's going on in the world. The uh, knowledge of Hashem of what's going on and the power that Hashem has to change the events. Hashem says, send the Jews out of Egypt. Paro's initial response is, Mi Hashem. He looks in his book of all the gods. He says, I have Ahormez, Hormez, I have Atlas, whatever the names were back then. I have Ray. I don't see Hashem in here. And the Metrish says, it's like it's like the the slave that was looking for his master, the Kohen, he, and he runs in the cemetery and he looks and he says, is my master in this cemetery? No. Is he in that cemetery? You're looking in the wrong place. You're looking in a book of dead gods. You're looking in a book of powerless gods. And you're saying, me, Hashem? Hashem says, I'll hit you with me. I'll give you 50 punishments. Like the Haggadah talks about those 50 smitings on the Yom and throughout the Makos. And maybe maybe then you'll know me, Hashem, who is Hashem. And so Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim adds something to the Maisa Bracious. Not only did Hashem create the world, but he also watches over it. And Hashem says, I said, let the Jews out. And if not, I'm going to punish Egypt with the Makos. And Hashem brings Egypt down to its knees. And so that is what Zecher, the Maisa Bracious, and Zecher, the Siyas That's what Shabbos represents. And this is the foundation of what the Pesach Seder is trying to inculcate in our children. And to pass on the Masorah, the Rebona Shalom not only created the world, but he watches over it. And he orchestrates all the events. It is my fervent hope that in these thoughts that I share with you, you will have beautiful ideas that you could enhance your life and, of course, your Pesach Seder and pass on the beautiful Masorah to the next generation. But more importantly, to ourselves. All right. Haray Zumashubach. You're, you're, the more that you're marbid to be Masaber, that you see us in Shrayim, you become uplifted. Our friend starts off with Kadesh. He opens up the, the, the Haggadah Shal Pesach with such a powerful and amazing thought. He says, that we find 
this he quotes this Ramban that I just developed. He quotes it very briefly. And there's two aspects. One, we have to know that Hashem created the world, but we also have to know that Hashem is watching over every aspect of the world. And he says that the Malbim t- teaches us that the Gayim, they don't really understand that Hashem watches over the world. In Tehillim and in, in Hall, we say, Rom al kol Gayim Hashem, al kavodo. Hashem is above all the nations of the world. But what are those words? Al Hashemayim kavodo. They acknowledge that in heaven, God's honor is there. Yeah, there's a God. Yeah, he created the world. They only, many of them are only moda. They only acknowledge that Hashem created the world. But what about Hashem's constant orchestration and watching of the world? This says the Malbim, only the Jews appreciate. Mika Hashem Elokeinu, as the Pasuk in Tehillim continues. This is all Tehillim 113, 4 through 6. Mika Hashem Elokeinu, who is like Hashem, our God, the God of the Jews. He's the God of the whole world, but the one that we we recognize. I'm like, Bihi Lashavas, who is enthroned on high. Hamashpili Liros Bashamayim Uvaaretz, who looks down and sees what's going on in the heaven and the earth. That's what we believe. We have to know that, that there's a Rebunah Shalom who not only created the world, but who watches over the world and is everywhere. And that's the lesson of Yitzhak Yitzhak that Hashem is Mashbili Liros Bashamayim Uvaaretz. He looks down on us. And Mashbili means to shuffle, to look down at the lowly earth. But Hashem still cares about us. Alti Rashabaniatzpa. And therefore, it is beautiful that the Rabbanu Shalom comes to our Seder and uplifts us. And if if you mention my name, that's where I come and I will bless you. What a beautiful idea. Moving on. One of the interesting things is that when we look at matzah, says Rai Friend, there's really two aspects of matzah. One of them is that when the Jews were slaves in Egypt, they the slaves ate this wafer type of bread. Uh, it was very cheap and very quick to make. And that's what the Jews ate. So it reminds us of the lechem onia they ate for the 210 years. And even if you say they weren't in the Shibut until uh, Levi died, right? He was 137 when he died. However, they make the calculation. Let's say the Shibut, according to many people, was around 93 years or so. But still, for many, many years, they ate this poor man's bread. But yet, there's another aspect. And that is that they the Jews had to rush out of Egypt and they didn't have time to rise their dough and they simply left Egypt with the matzah, and we eat it to commemorate that. So if you think about it, there's this one split second where the Jews leave, and they happen not to be able to make bread, and they have matzah, and then there's this 93 years, or 210 years, whatever it is, of shibud. So says my friend, why are we commemorating, the Pasuk says straight out that the matzah is, and we say it in that gutta, the matzah is commemorating the fact that the Jews rushed out of Egypt. Why is that? And says my friend, this is to teach us a lesson, that Yeshua Hashem Kaharifayin, that the Rebunah Shalom salvation could come in a split second, that we could be in the most challenging and difficult situations in life. And Yitzhiya Sutrayim reminds us that when the Rebunah Shalom decides that is it, it's time, you are free. Chavetz Chaim says the same vart on Vayiritsum and Abar. Why did they drag Yosef out of, out of the jail? He was there for 12 years. There was an exact moment he was supposed to be there. Hashem says, you're not going out a minute or a second, a millisecond early because there's a gazera against you, but you need to be there. But you're not staying in a moment Longer than you need to be there. Vayiritsu menabar. They dragged him out. And so too, the Rebbe Shalom should be Vayiritsu menatsara. Hashem should pull us out of the tsaris that we, any tsaris that we, our family members or anyone is in, Kali Yisrael is in. Hashem could save us. Keherifying in one split second. That's why we commemorate the fact that the Jews you, were not able to delay and had to get out of Egypt immediately because that is how Hashem's salvation works. What a beautiful idea. The next idea is a very sensitive one, 
and you can look at Roy Friend on page 62 where he develops it more. But basically, what's very interesting is that Rochonon Wasserman points out a very fascinating thing, which is that we know that Sheker and Leroy Glyme, Sheker has no feet. And so something that's a total lie cannot last. It cannot stand. There's a Yalkut Shmoni in Bracious 3. It says this. And so Rochonon Wasserman says, well, wait a minute. Now, why is it that throughout the generations, the Jew, the Gentiles have ch- have chastised and sometimes killed many, many Jews over blood libels, claiming that the Jewish people use blood in order, to, Christian blood specifically, in order to make their matzah. And this is something that is not just in the past. In the 1930s, there was a famous incident in upstate New York, in Messina that took place, and in Europe, it certainly was going on. And even in 2005, there were 20 members of the Russian Duma that claimed that Jews murdered for the purpose of matzah. And even in 2014, there was a, a Jordanian leader who proclaimed to the media that Jews killed Muslims to bake their matzahs. You can take a look at where Efran elaborates on that as well. So, says Rochana Wasserman, there's something very deep going on here. And that is that when the Jewish, when the brothers of Yosef grabbed off his Kisonas possum, it says that they dipped it in blood in order to cover up Yosef's whereabouts. And they told Yaakov that Yosef is dead. And Chazal tell us that the Pasuk of Horatius says that they dipped Yosef's tunic in blood and it needs to have a kapara. Says Rav Eliezer Ashkenazi, the Rokeach. It needs to have a kapara. And that was in Shemos 12.21. That the Jews had to put it on the doorposts. And so the pshat is that the Jewish people had divisiveness among themselves. They weren't accepting each other. They were chastising their brother. They were excommunicating him. They were lying to Yaakov about his whereabouts to get rid of him. And that hatred, that sinas chinam, is what causes destruction. And until the Jewish people eradicate that sinas chinam, that sin still lurks with us to this day. And that accusation has a drop of a regal to stand on. Sheker and the Raglayim, but there's a drop of a truth there about how blood caused the destruction of Jewish people. And unfortunately, throughout thousands of years since that event, it has caused more and more bloodshed. Just a very scary thought. Ephraim brings down a very fascinating concept, which is that Chazal tells us in Shmos Rabbah that when Moshe finished writing the very first Sefer Torah, there was a drop of ink that was left in his quill. And Moshe asked Hashem what to do with it. And Hashem said, smear it onto your head. And that's where Moshe got his current R. He got his special light. That's what Chazal and Shmos Rabbah 47.6 teaches. Now, this is very allegorical, and of course it's very deep, but wait a minute. The question to be asked is, doesn't Hashem know exactly how much ink is going to be needed to write a full Sefer Torah? So why did he make a situation where there was a drop left? What's going on over here? Says Rabbi Friend, the answer is that that ink was not extra. It represented the fact that when you finish the Torah, there's still more and more to learn. And since Moshe's cheshek was expressed, and Moshe expressed to Hashem, what should I do with this ink? I want more. I want it. Hashem said, that's where you get the light from. That is the most beautiful way that you get the light. Those carne hod, the beauty that Hashem appreciates so much about Moshe, is his desire for more and more. That extra ink was there to give Moshe the opportunity because he desired it, and that's where his beauty and his light came from. I want to share with you a just an introductory remark that Rabbi Fran makes from a beautiful, beautiful story that was told over about a man who survived the Holocaust and became a wonderful father 
to children who he's mechanech to Torah, and built a family of Torah and Chesed. Rav Fran told over that this man's son one time sat down with him and said, Abba, I know that you're a survivor, that you escaped the inferno. Tell me, what is it that drove you to become such a supporter of Torah and to have so much love of Torah and Chesed and to instill it so deeply in our children? And I'll read you his answer. When I left Austria, the man said, my father had initially planned to travel with me to Germany. We all had to get out. There was a problem with his passport, though, so he had no choice at that exact moment he decided to put me onto the train by myself. At least I should survive. That was the last time I ever saw my father, who was murdered by the Nazis. As the train pulled out of a station, my father started running alongside the train to say goodbye. And he called out to me, Zaya Gutayid, be a good Jew. He kept running and repeating those four words, Zaya Gutayid, Zaya Gutayid. As the train picked up speed, he tripped and landed sprawled out on the platform, shouting for all of his worth with all of his last might, Zai Aguta Yid. That parting message my father gave me stood with me throughout my entire life. I knew I had to be a good Yid. And that's it. I didn't know how to learn, but one thing I knew I had to be a good Jew. And that cry that a father invested in his son carried him for an entire lifetime. And so too, we should be Zoha that this night of the Seder, where we sit down and we instill in our children Amuna and bitachon, and we teach them, be a good yid. That's the most important thing in life. Be an erlich yid. Be a ben aliyah. Be a good, true, honest person. That we should be able to impart that in our children, and it should carry them for a lifetime. I heard another very similar story. A survivor said over, makes such a big impact on me, that he told over that one of the things that kept him from and strong throughout his greatest challenges in life his greatest challenges of giving up Yiddishkeit almost and kept him strong and on the path was feeling the warmth of his father's bracha that he gave him every Friday night when he benched him after coming home from shul. He felt his father's warm touch and warm affection. And that warmth kept his heart warm for Yiddishkeit throughout his entire life. When we bless our children, when we talk to our children, we should know that we're having an impact on them that we change their lives, and that we invest in them, and we give them the power to be the strongest, to be the healthiest, to be the greatest people that they can be. And may our Seder be one that carries us through the year. That's why it's called the Seder. It arranges our entire year for us. And may it carry our children to the greatest heights, greatest recognition of Hashem, Elohim, and the greatest understanding that Hashem took us out of Egypt because He watches over us and cares about us, and he's a din and a dayan. There's a laws that Hashem puts, there are rules, and Hashem runs everything. And Hashem is all powerful, and nothing can stand in his way. Another thought is we say Baruch Hamakom Baruch Hu. So why do we talk about Hashem that way? It's a very interesting expression because the word Hamakom is usually only used in Hilchas Avelis. We have Hamakom Yenachim Eslem, Yerushalayim. So why is Hamakom used here? And Rabbi Yosef Dov Salvechik says a very interesting shot. He says that when, why is Hashem called Hamakom in that context? Why is Hashem called Hamakom when we talk to an Abel? And he explains that when someone loses a relative, he feels that Hashem is very distant from him. And he feels that Hashem is far. Just like we find by that Kedah, by Yaris Hamakom Mirachok, which the Pashib shot means that Abraham saw the appropriate place of Haramuria, where he would bring up Yitzhak. 
on the Akeda, but the Zohar and the allegorical explanation is he saw Hashem as far away. And so, so too, we, when we talk to an Avel, we recognize that he feels very distant from Hashem and he feels unconnect, disconnected from Hashem very often. And that's why we say, um, says Roy Friend, this very well be why, and he's quoting this for shame of uh, Yosef Dov Salvechik once again. In the Haggadah, we say, Baruch HaMakam Baruch Hu. We start off reading from the Haggadah, and we might feel very distant from Hashem. Who is this? We might feel like the Rasha Ma'a Edas Falchukim. But the difference is that he leaves and is not interested because of it. But we sit down and we engage ourselves like the Chacham, and we say, Hashem Hashem commanded us, and we want to do it. We're gonna, I'm going to do it. And since we do it, we commit ourselves to it. And we get closer and closer to Hashem, and we start to feel his presence more and more. So a person should know that even if he feels distant, he's still close, and he could draw himself closer. Uh, another ha'ara that Rafran points out is very interesting. That why do we say maschil beginus? We start with a negative. We talk about how mitchila of the It's very obvious. Anyone that has a story from rags to riches, they always tell the negative. I was so poor, I couldn't afford this. I was living in these rags, and then I got the riches. Says Rafran, a beautiful idea. When they tell the story, it's only for the purpose of contrast. It's to say that I was so poor, but then I became this, and thank God, I now have the money, and now I have beautiful things. But that's not what the point here is. The point here is that we shouldn't deny our past. We should recognize, this is who we are. This is what we went through. And we're all Bali Chua. Avram Avinu was Makir Boro at age 48, according to the Rambam. The Ravid doesn't like it and says, from age three. But nevertheless, he was still Bali Chua, even till age three, he didn't see Hashem. And then they're both right. Shem Shem Pinkus and many people explain that there was a gradual process of recognizing God. And there's one shot that says a very interesting thing that says that Jews didn't believe Moshe. It's not shot that they didn't believe him because they were distracted and the, the work was too hard. They couldn't believe him. It's that they didn't believe him because he was a levy and he didn't have to work. And therefore, you don't you you can't even relate to me. You don't even know you don't even know what I'm going through. They couldn't listen to me. You don't even you're not going through what I'm going through. You can't even relate to me. And so when we talk about we're bringing in the Bali Chuba and we're saying it's not just a rags to riches. We were so poor we had nothing and now we're great. It's that we appreciate what we've been through. We appreciate the process that made us into who we are. And we celebrate who we are. Right? Friend has a beautiful ha'ara. So we know that the Jews left with great possessions. And they were told to borrow everything. Why do they have to borrow everything? Why can't they just take it? Why do they have to borrow it? Borrow it implies that they're giving it back. It's not theirs. Says Rabbi Fran, the Jews became millionaires overnight. Every one of them. They had 70 camels of laden with gold, silver, and precious stones. And Hashem didn't want them to get spoiled by the money. He didn't want them to lose themselves. And so he wanted them to have a perspective of the Yishalom. That every, every material thing that you have is just a loan. It's not yours. It's not yours. And so therefore, a person should not think that it's all mine and I earned it through and it's all mine. No, Hashem gave it to us as a gift. Appreciate it. The Haggadah says, The Mitzrayim did evil to us. But if you look at those words, where I France, this is where I France Kasha. He says, The Egyptians did bad to us. That's not what it, it should say. Mitzrayim hurt us. What's Vayareu? They made bad. Osanu, us. And Refran gives a suggestion, which is similar to what I'm going to say, but mine is a little bit more of a psychological point. The Egyptians tried to convince us 
you're filthy, you're dirty, you're bad people. You deserve to be punished. You deserve to be slaves. By the entire Sheba of Mitzrayim, the entire Meitzar Yam that the Svar Makadoshim bring down is the limitation of our great potential. Yam is is Nun Shari Bina. The same words of Mi Hashem, by the way. Mi, the Nun Shari Bina. That the Egyptians wanted us to look at ourselves as bad. They convinced us that we're bad, and that's part of being a slave. But Hashem said, no, you're great. You're Yisrael. Hashem Bar, you're my nation. Lift yourselves from the dirt. And many, four out of five of the Jews, the Hamushim Alba Yisrael, they didn't believe this. They didn't believe that they were worth anything. They said, we're garbage. We're nothing. They taught us that we're filthy, low, tummy, bad people. And the Yitzhahara continues to do this. Just like Mesil Sashar brings down from, from the Svar Makedoshim, that the Paro is Tichvad Avodi is the Yitzhahara. He's a Nachashakad Moni. And the Yitzhahara always wants us to look down on ourselves and to think that we're worthless and we're bad and we're dirty. And Hashem says, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here with you. And that is the Sheba. They convinced us that we are worthless. And if we go through a Seder, we have to convince ourselves that no, we are Yisrael. We are Hallelu Abde Hashem. Abde Hashem have to praise Hashem. That's what the Seder is all about. We're Abde Hashem. Look how privileged we are. Last thought. And I hope that the Seder will be inspiring. There's a very fascinating story that is brought down and Rav Shmuel Arbach, that's all used to say over the story of Hashem's father, and he even said it over at his father's Leviat because it was so important to him in a, in a hesped for his father. He said that the Baruch Tom, the son of the Baruch Tom, was engaged to marry the daughter of a very wealthy family that was going to support Torah. That's uh, Rav Baruch Frankel Tumim. And the families met to finalize the engagement. The Kala's mother noticed that the Baruch Tom was upset and distressed about something. So she asked him a little nervously, is something wrong with the Shidduch? And he said, no, 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 everything's fine with the Shidduch. I'm just worried because I'm the rub of the city and the water carrier is very sick and I'm concerned for him, for his Parnassah. Now the water carrier was the lowest of a low. So she said to him, you know, maybe you shouldn't let that bother you. Like your, your son's engaged, just focus on that. And he called off the Shidduch. He said, a family that doesn't have empathy for the water carrier, for another Yid, that's not, that's not, this is not a family that we're going to marry into. Now, this story, you know, we need to take it with a grain of salt. And obviously, a person should ask a child. It could be that he had questions to begin with. There's a famous story with Ricky Vega also that someone that when one of his children was engaged, someone, you know, when he said, I'm very happy with the Shidduch, the person said to Ricky Vega, I'm very happy with everything except the Mkhutanim, which was a joke, which was a joke. Obviously, he was happy with Ricky Vega because he got a ladar. And Ricky Vega said, is a Moshe of Leitzim, and he also called off a Shidduch. This is brought down in the Rav Shach speak story. So a person has to know, this is, we're talking about Gedolim, but the point is that when you don't have empathy for someone, we don't have empathy, that's not a Jew. So that was what he identified and he saw, this is, this cannot work. And so in life, we need to recognize that the, when we go through the entire Seder, it's about other people. It's about having an eye on our fellow Jews. Why was Moshe chosen to be the leader of a Jewish people? Because he cared. He joined the Jewish people. He said, I could be here doing the work instead of you. And I should get beaten. And then to see him, they were the ones that took the beatings. And in this zechus of Kali Yisrael, that people were most nervous for each other and to love each other, they came together. That's how they got out of Egypt. And that's how they got the Torah. So the entire theme is that we, like Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says this as well, that the entire theme of the Yom Tovim is to come together as a family and to strengthen our love and connection with one another. And we should be zochah that the Seder should inspire us. Ramuna, Bitachan, and Aliyah, 
and it should set a seder, an order for our entire year of growth and ruchnius and closeness to Hashem and the greatest simcha in life. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at parshathemes.com.